I'm so glad that you have joined us for this edition of the School of Faith. This is Apostle Paul Young. My goal is to teach believers how to walk by faith, live by faith, fight the good fight of faith, and overcome by faith. This is possible for you, but you have to learn what faith is, how it works, and most important, how you are to apply it in your everyday life. Now let's go into our School of Faith session for today. Back in business. Praise God. Break is over. Let's get back into it. Now, if you're listening on the podcast, this is the second session of one of our Friday nights. Back up one. If you didn't listen to the one just before this, back up one session. So you get the full, uh, the full meal deal. So that, that way I don't have to go back and uh, recap and review everything we covered last 45 minutes. All right. So we're talking about, we're in Mark chapter 4, and uh, we're talking about the parable of the sower, the story of the sower and the seed. And when the disciples asked Jesus about it, he said, if you don't understand this parable, you're not going to understand the rest of them. So basically, Jesus was telling them, this is a master principle. Once you get this one down, the rest are going to fall into place. If you don't get this one, the rest are going to be a mystery. See, this is why there are so many people in the body of Christ. They're born again. They love God. But so much of life and so much of the word is a great mystery to them. They are just puzzled by so much. You know what I'm talking about because you run into them. What's the problem? I'll tell you what the problem is. Oh, you think you know? Yeah, I know, I know. I've been doing this a long time, sir. A long time. 46 years to be exact. Now, here's the problem. If you don't understand the master principles, you don't understand the rest of it. That's, that's just how it is. You've got to get the basics down, the basic principles. <clears throat> Every once in a while, I, I hear someone begin to talk about something out of the Bible. <clears throat> now, it can be any of a number of things. It can have... It can be something on marriage. It can be something on prophecy. It can be something on, uh, uh, maybe on the local church. <clears throat> and they start to, to talk about this. And I, I only have to listen for like, you know, just a few minutes or read just a little bit. And I go, uh, they don't have a clue. They don't have a clue. And you go, what, what do you mean? Are, are you arrogant? You think you know everything and you're, you're judging them. Uh, yep, I am. <laughs> oh, no, you better not judge. Wait, just hold on a minute. Jesus said, I'm quoting Jesus, you will know them by their fruit. Okay, you look at somebody's life, 
and the fruit of their life is sour, rotten, nasty, makes you sick. Now, it's real easy for me to look at that lousy fruit and figure out there's stuff wrong. Now, if you call that judging, then that's what Jesus told us to do. What most people talk about, judge not. You're not supposed to judge. Really, what that's talking about, the, the verse that they're quoting, is talking about having a bad attitude. It's very true. Not about judging. You have to judge things all the time. What does judge mean? Make a decision. You walk down the, the aisle of the grocery store with your cart. You are making decisions every step of the way. Oh, there's some of that pineapple. Do I want that? Yes, no. Oh, there's some of this over. Do I? No, no, no. What are you doing? You, you, you are making judgments. It's a way of life. You make decisions. And when I hear someone talking that does not understand some basic or master principles of the word, and it's really easy to do it. It is real easy. <clears throat> because if you don't have this master principle over here, then you read this over here, you can come out with a very different understanding. Now, it's not God's understanding. It's not God's wisdom. You, in your mind, can come up with something. It's not right. To you, it makes sense. But the only problem is, you don't see that what is making sense to you here does not even fit in the word over here, over here, over here. See, <clears throat> everything in the word of God fits together like a finely oiled machine. How the gears just all mesh perfectly. See, and when you got something that's here and it's, you know, it, it, the gears are hitting like this and skipping and grinding, guess what? You know something's wrong. <clears throat> and when you see this master principle in this parable and when you understand how it works, then you hear somebody talking about something over here and, and, and it's going totally against the master principle. You know this is... Whatever they've come up with is not right. All right. Okay. So we've, we've learned <clears throat> so far that I told you there was three seasons before harvest season. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and we, number one was you've you got to receive the word. But that's not the end. Secondly, you've got to conceive the word. If you have conceived the word, that means you have planted it. And if you planted it, you planted it on purpose in your own heart. You received it and you said, yes, this is the word of Almighty God. And I am planting that down in me. And nobody and nothing is going to touch it. It's got to grow. It's got to germinate. <clears throat> I have done this. There have been times that I knew it was God. I knew it was his word. I knew it was a rhema to me. At the time, I did not understand it. Right. <clears throat> There's nothing that says you have to understand it in order to plant it. 
I can give, I can give you a handful of seeds and say, here, plant these. You look at them and go, you know, I don't even know what those are from. Now, it might grow something very delicious for you, but you don't know what it is. Just kind of weird seeds. I don't know. Okay, he said plant them. I trust him, so I'm going to plant them. See, now I trust God. I trust the word of God. And there's something I have learned. Planting the word in my heart has never, never, ever given me bad fruit. It has always given me good fruit, good harvest. And to, to where, you know, a lot of times when people first start out, they're a little hesitant. You know, what's this going to do? But I'm to the point of anything God gives me, now I know it's God. You get to, get to the place where I'm at, if you don't know the voice of God, you're in trouble. Yeah. <clears throat> now I understand new Christians have to learn. That's why you got a pastor. That's why you have leaders who have proven themselves over time. Amen? And just because somebody has a degree does not mean they are proven. All the degree proves is they made it through four years and passed whatever courses were in there. I don't know what those professors required you to do. And the problem is, Many professors have no touch with reality <laughs> of whatever it is that they think they're teaching. Oh my heavens, yeah. <laughs> just let me give you an example. There are guys teaching pastoral studies who have never pastored. But they got they got a degree. They got a bachelor's. They got a master's. They got a doctorate in pastoral studies. Oh, <laughs> sit down and shut up. That's like someone who's never flown a plane trying to give you flying lessons. See, and that's, it's just as dangerous with pastors. Because you got somebody teaching guys to be pastors who has never been a pastor himself, doesn't know what he's talking about. And he's filling these people's minds with stuff that they're going to go out and try to do that has never been proven. No wonder something like 80% of people that go into the ministry within five years are out. Now, I lay that at the feet of our teachers and our trainers. Uh, most, most young men and women that are sent out into the ministry are not ready. They're not. They have never been mentored by a senior minister. Oh, we don't listen to them old guys. You know, they don't know what they're talking about. I don't know. You know, it's very interesting to me that the pattern in the church for thousands of years has been the elders teach the youngers. But all of a sudden now, we don't need the elders. We got young whippersnappers. 
I want to go listen to young uh, preppy, nicey hair, skinny jeans with holes in the knees and t-shirts and and uh, he, he's he's got this you know ho ho he's hip or whatever they call it nowadays. Now listen, I may not be hip or whatever they call it nowadays, <laughs> but I have been over the mountain and down the river and I can teach you some things and I can show you and I can mentor you and I can help you avoid heartache and pain in ministry. If you listen to me. Or you can just go learn the hard way. Problem is, people that learn the hard way, <clears throat> the hard way usually takes them out. It's very dangerous. And you're talking about your life and your ministry. Okay. Wow, how did I get there? You never know what's going to come out in the school of faith. Okay, so first step is receive. Second step is to conceive. If the womb of your spirit does not get impregnated with the word, and I'm talking about rhema word from God, oftentimes that's going to come through a man of God. <clears throat> but if that doesn't get in your spirit and you don't plan it on purpose, you are not going to, to have a baby. That is true. Just like a woman, if she is not impregnated with the seed, she is not going to have a baby. It, people, it's simple. And it's the same thing is true spiritually. You're not going to have a manifestation if you skip these first two things. Okay, let's go to verse 18. We're in Mark chapter 4, verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in, choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. All right. These are those who know the promise, <clears throat> the word. They plant the word. But then they plant some other stuff in there too. Uh -oh. <clears throat> See, they, shall we say they are not selective in what gets planted in them. And that other stuff is choking out the good stuff. <clears throat> I have watched this in my gardens over the years, <clears throat> you have to stay on top of the garden. Yes. <clears throat> now, I have seen people that have garden plots that it seems like there is not a weed in sight. Oh, you ever see those? Yes, I have. <laughs> now, when I see one of those, I, I want to run up and ask them, Here's my question. <clears throat> How long 
did it take you to get that chunk of ground to be weed free? Oh, they, now, if you talk to them, they had to work years and years and years. Every year, co combating the weeds. And you see some weed growing. You, you, now, here, here's where I have f fallen down in my gardening skill. Okay? Now, I've had a garden for many, many years. I am not a master gardener. I make no claims of that. I like a garden. <clears throat> My problem is having enough time to take care of it properly. And every year I have the same problem. Now, what's that problem? Weeds in that plot of ground. And <clears throat> I don't keep up with the weeds. I get my stuff growing. I get, you know, the corn's growing, but these weeds. And before too long, I go out there and there's seeds. You know, the weeds are producing their little seeds all over the place. And I'm out there chopping them and whacking them, you know, and every once in a while I'll just go on a rampage. <laughs> Fact is, I even, I even, my la the last year I did it, was the last year, year before, whatever it was. I planted my rows about that far apart on purpose, yes. way apart. Okay. Right. Now, you know why I did that? Yes. So I could run my rototiller down through there because yep. I don't like weeding. I don't so I fire up the rototiller and run it right down between every row, man. I am chewing up the weeds every row. Uh, but you know what? I didn't stay ahead of it. Even being able to do that, Every year, every year, yes. there has been weeds that have grown long enough to produce seeds. So you know what I have? I have a continual fight. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> if my gardening saga sounds kind of like your life, I hope you're learning something. Because <laughs> if you are having a continual fight with what is being manifested out of your heart, it's because you have not dedicated yourself to the gardening of your heart. And you keep letting the junk grow in there, and it keeps going to seed and producing more junk and producing more junk, producing more junk and choking out the word. <clears throat> and he here's, here's this garden area that's supposed to be, you know, like a better homes and gardens garden. Yes. But you can't even find where the, where the vegetables are. Oh, no. <laughs> well, there's a radish in here somewhere. Somewhere, oh, under those tall weeds right over there. Oh, that little scrawny thing? Yeah, it's a radish. I got a radish growing. Oh, what about all this other crud? It's choking out. <laughs> People who plant the word 
and something else. They just let everybody talk. They listen to everything. They listen to anybody on TV. Oh, I only watch Christian TV. Yeah, that's your problem. Because just because it's labeled Christian doesn't mean it's good seed. Amen. There's, I, <laughs> I have heard quite a number of people on Christian television that would plant doubt and unbelief uh-huh. and strife yeah. and double-mindedness. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Bad seeds. Bad seeds seeds oh I don't listen to those I just I like Christian music yeah yeah that's where you're getting a bunch of your bad seeds because there's a whole lot of Christian songs that are not Christian oh they have religious songs that's what that's what you should call them religious songs Uh, oh but they talk about Jesus well nice what else do they talk about because they're talking about how bad it is and how how deep my sorrow is and nobody knows the trouble I've seen and, and, and uh, standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. What are you doing in the shadows? Number one, Jesus is not in the shadows because wherever Jesus is, he is the light of the world. There are no shadows around Jesus. Here a couple years ago, over in Thailand, I told them, don't sing that song. Song they sang in in praise and worship. I said, that is totally unscriptural. And they just kind of look at me like, you know, people got songs in their hymnals that are full of doubt and unbelief. Full of stuff that is contrary to the word of God. Ay, 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 ay. What's going on? You're planting the wrong stuff. Yeah, you received. Yeah, you planted. But you're planting everything. You're taking everything. You can't afford to take everything. Not get a good crop. Yeah. Do you actually think that you can believe God for an answer in one area of your life while you're planting thorns in another? Do you actually think you're going to believe God for healing at the same time that you're fornicating? Well, I'm believing for a financial miracle. Yeah, and you're lying like a dog, too. You planting the wrong seeds. Wow. It's getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. All right. Well, I'm believing God for prosperity. Yeah, and you're holding a grudge and unforgiveness towards some people in the church. 
Uh, I don't think I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, you want to go listen to somebody who'll tell you what you, what you want to hear. You don't need what you want to hear. You need the truth. And oftentimes the truth is hard on your flesh. And it's your flesh that's crying out right now. It's not your spirit. If you listen to your spirit right now, your spirit is going, yes, yes, yes. It's your flesh that's going, shut him up, shut him up, change the channel, leave that. You don't have to watch that. <clears throat> now, you can, just, you can just shut me off and go do whatever you want to do and please your flesh. But understand, when you don't get a harvest and your harvest is choked out, don't come blame me or God or the word. When you have all these weeds and crud growing in your own heart. Now you're not being very nice. God did not call me to be nice. He called me to train you and, and equip you. And what we're dealing with here is life and death. And it's serious. And I'm not going to pussyfoot around and play or beat around the bush and, and try to make you all happy and just say things that will just make my numbers go up. There's plenty of people doing that. But they're not giving you anything good. Okay. Let's see. Where are we at here? Verse 19, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word. And it becomes unfruitful. The word choke means to strangle, to drown, or to crowd. See, this means you need to keep the rest of your ground sanctified. You got faith for healing going here, but over here you got gossip and criticism going about other people. See, and gossip and criticism is not going to bear the fruit of faith. It's just, it's not going to work. Not going to work. Whew. Yeah. Okay. So, see, there, right there, is three seasons or three areas, three steps, whatever you want to call them. I don't care what you call them as long as you understand. You've got to receive the word. You've got to conceive the word because you're not going to produce in your life anything you haven't conceived. Okay. And then you've got to not plant other junk. Now, planting more word, that's good. That's good. More word being planted, that's an excellent thing. But you can't afford to just get everything planted down in there. Just because you like it. See, a lot of people are planting things because they like them. Nowhere do I read in the Bible that the qualification for what should be planted in your heart is you like it. Show me that verse. I don't, I don't know of that one. No. <clears throat> what should be planted in your heart is something that is the word of God. Period. 
the life of God. Yeah. See, that's, that's what you want. Okay. Now, verse 20. Oh, this is good tonight. <laughs> verse number 20. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit. All right? You see that? Yes. You got to hear it, receive it, and then you're going to bring forth some 30-fold, some 60, and some an 100. <clears throat> now, in Luke chapter, chapter 8, verse 15, this same, the same account reads this way. It says, and they bring forth fruit with patience. That's a good uh, qualifier there that Luke added. They bring forth fruit with patience. Now, what does patience mean? <clears throat> if you haven't been here when I've taught on it, I'm going to let you know. If you've already heard it, you're going to get reminded. The scriptural definition of patience is not Tie a knot at the end of the rope and hang on for dear life and hope somebody comes and gets you out of this thing. That's not patience. No. Scriptural definition of patience is consistently the same. Staying consistently the same. You say, what does that mean? I'll help you. When you're going to walk by faith... You get the word, you believe you receive. Now, what do you do when you believe you receive? If you truly believe that you have received whatever that is, whether it's healing or finances or whatever, how do you act? How do you act when you know you have just received from God? Are you sad? Are you going, oh, man. no. You know what you act like? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I received it. It's mine. Glory to God. Now, here's, here's the challenge. Stay consistently the same. In other words, when you get up tomorrow, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's mine. You have given it to me. This is mine. Hallelujah. Because your word says this. And your word says this. And you told me this. And I received it. Thank you, Lord. And when you get up the next day, do the same thing. And when you get up the next day, do the same thing. When you get... Stay consistently the same. That's patience. Now, if you don't like that, I don't want to stay consistently the same. Well, then you can probably forget fruit. You can forget the hundredfold. Everybody wants the hundredfold until they find out what it's going to cost them. Well, I thought it was free. Huh. Who told you that? I didn't. When it says fight the good fight of faith. Right. <clears throat> now, fighting a fight is not free. Yeah, that's right. Fighting a fight is going to cost you. Yeah. It's going to cost you. Are you ready for this? It's going to cost you time. Yeah. You're not willing to put any time into this garden yes. of the word in your heart. Yeah. 
Huh, no wonder you don't have fruit. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you effort. You're going to have to, see, to be patient, you're going to have to keep speaking the word. You're going to have to keep rejoicing in your receiving. And anyone who tells you, oh, that's easy, they're lying. Because there will be times it is easy, but there will be times it is tough. That's why it's called a fight. If it was easy, it would be called a skate or a slide. You know the kids' slides at the park? The slides are easy. All you got to do is plop your little bum down there and push off the top and whoo! (laughs) And it's amazing how many Christians think that's how faith is going to be. I'm going to plop my bum down, believe it, receive it, and whoo! And I'm going to slide right down into my fruit and my manifestation. And when the bully knocks them off the slide halfway down, they're crying and moaning and groaning. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't know there was going to be a fight. You're just going to curl up on the ground and do nothing? Whoo, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I'm helping somebody tonight. <laughs> okay. Now, you got to hear it, receive it, and bear it. Bear Bear it. Now, bearing it is a child-bearing term. What woman thinks she's going to get pregnant And she's just going to stay looking just like she does, trim and fit, all the way up, you know, for like, you know, eight and a half months, eight months, three weeks, and then in the last week, she's going to go, and she's going to pop out there and have, you know, the the football or the basketball waddle for a week, and then she's going to have a child. No. No. You must bear the child. That's why it's called child bearing. Ask any woman that's eight and a half months along how easy it is. You're probably going to get slapped. (laughs) And you deserve it. (laughs) She's going to tell you, man, Man, I, I've heard this one. I've never had heartburn like this before in my life. Well, where your stomach was, you now got a kid down there. And there's no room for your stomach. And stuff keeps getting pushed back up the pipe there. How you sleeping at night? Oh, I can't get comfortable one way or another. My back hurts and oh. <laughs> uh, now, you, you can keep a good attitude and keep a smile on your face in the middle of that. I've seen many women do it. I've watched my wife do it. 
You can keep a good attitude while you're fighting the good fight of faith. But that doesn't mean that the good fight of faith is a cakewalk. That is true. No. You're going to have to deal with some stuff. And you've got to guard your heart. Yes. Got to guard your heart. Proverbs chapter 4. Let, let me run over there real quick. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The Amplified reads this way, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. For out of it are the issues. Now, do you know what issue is? When you go into the military, they're going to issue you a, a uniform. They're going to issue you a gun. They're going to issue you your equipment. If they don't issue you something, you got nothing. You In the military, you only have what is issued to you. See, it says, out of, out of your heart are the issues of life. Wow. Now, understand this. When, when you're looking in the Word, God always makes the contrast. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Yes. All right? Okay. So when it says life, it's talking about the life of God. It's talking about the force. When you get over in the New Testament, it talks about the force of eternal life. Yeah. It's the life of God that comes into something and changes it and transforms it. How in the world do you get healed? I'll tell you how you get healed. The life of God comes in and manifests in your physical body and causes something that is haywire to get right. What is it? It's the force of life. <clears throat> you see, in heaven, in heaven, there is no death. It's a strange thing for us because we're so used to it here. Uh, in heaven, you walk on the grass, but the grass is not damaged because nothing dies. Well. In, in heaven, <clears throat> there's no decay, rot, mold, nothing like that. In heaven, you can't die. Yep. There's no death there. You can't get hurt. That's, that's, that's kind of a foreign concept to a lot of people. What if you fall down? It's not going to hurt. You can't skin your skin off. You can't beat your thumb with a hammer. 
<laughs> it's not going to hurt. There's no hurt. There's no pain there. Wow. Why? I'll tell you why. Because everywhere in heaven is the life of God. Or we call it the force of eternal life. See, and where life is, death cannot be. Just can't. It's kind of like when you turn on a bright light, no darkness can be there. That's just an impossibility. Why? Because the light destroys darkness. Light does not push darkness away. Light destroys darkness. See, and the life of God in heaven has, destroys anything that is of death. There is just no death anywhere. Cannot exist there. It's an amazing place. Now, we are talking about the life of God here. See, this is what faith is for. Understand me. Faith is the way that God has designed for us to release his life into this natural realm. And now I'll tell you, when the force of eternal life touches something, it lives. It lives. It cannot die. The force of eternal life touches that part of your body that is in pain. It's going to live. And when it lives, there's, it's not going to be in pain. Because it's healed. Glory to God. The healing power of God is going through somebody's body right now. Right now. Right where my, I'm holding my hand. Right where I'm holding my hand. Somebody, somebody right now. The healing power of God is going into your body. Some, yeah. Something right in here has, has been a problem. And there's been pain, but no more. No more. Oh, I, woo! Glory to God. There's anointing right there. Right there. Just receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Woo! Yes, 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 yes. Wow. I got no problems here. At least that I'm aware of. And I'm demonstrating, and all of a sudden, the anointing just starts going through. Whoo, yeah, somebody, somebody's received, somebody's getting it. Hallelujah. See, that's the life, whoo, it's still going. That's the life of God. See, that's what faith is for, is to release this life of God. And the life of God will change things. And that's why we have to guard our heart with all vigilance. For out of it flow the springs of life. And what kind of life? The life of God. That's what. That's what. Hallelujah. Whew. Let's see. Psalms 24. We're just about out of time here. Psalms 24. Oh, this has been a good night. Whew. That anointing is still flowing. Just receive. You need healing, receive it. You need healing. I don't care where you're at. Th this anointing right here. You can receive it right there, right there. I don't care where you're at in the world. Sickness has to go. Okay, Psalms 24, 
verse 4 and 5. He that hath clean heart, hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. See, that's why I don't have to, time to listen to what's happening in other churches. What's wrong with other churches? Yeah. What's, what pastor so-and-so is doing or what minister so-and-so is doing? And this, this, yang, 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 yang. You start in, in on that with me, I'm going to shut you up. I'm going to stop you. Because yeah. see these things right here? They are not garbage cans. And I don't need to hear the garbage about people. <clears throat> well, they're doing this. Wow. <clears throat> and why do you need to know all that? It's not helping you at all. Mr. No-Have Harvest. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. <clears throat> I don't need any junk planted in my garden. Don't mess with me when I'm busy framing and forming the promises of God in my life. <clears throat> Don't you try to mess with my ground and plant the wrong thing. Don't try to talk me out of and, and, and tell me how hard this city is. This is a harvest field. This, this town, this area is ripe for the harvest in Jesus' name. Now remember, first thing, receive the word. Second thing, conceive the word. Plant it in yourself. Third thing, do not allow other weeds and plants to get in and choke it. And the fourth thing is, bring forth, bear the fruit. Amen? Hallelujah. And I am flat out of time. Now, remember, that simple thing right there that I just gave you, those four things, that is a master principle in the kingdom of God. Go over it often. Because if you miss this, you're going to miss a lot. In God's kingdom. And I don't want you to miss a thing of what God has for you. Amen. Amen. My timer went to zero. I got to quit. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. We are out of time, but I recommend that you go back and listen to this session over and over until it comes alive on the inside of your heart. Then begin to walk it out in your life. Remember that 1 John 5, 4 tells us that we can have victory over the situations of life and it's going to be by using our faith. This is Apostle Paul DeYoung saying I'll see you in our next session of the School of Faith.